Well, we're in the very, very early stages of the Brian Kelly era with LSU football. So we don't really necessarily know what to expect. But LSU started uh, spring practice this past week. So we've gotten a little bit of a glimpse of exactly what we can expect with Brian Kelly leading this football team. What have we seen from this past week of practice? What can you take away from this, this first week of spring practice? What's encouraging? What have we seen from this past week that gives us hope for the future of this LSU football team? Dylan Sanders, a sports reporter for the LSU Reveille, who covers the Saints for Saints Wire, and truly just an all-around great reporter for the LSU Reveille and one of LSU's Manship School's finest, will join us since I can't be in Baton Rouge to go to spring practice and to view exactly what's going on. We'll get his expertise because he's been out of practice. So we'll, he'll join us later on in the show. But before we do that, LSU dropping their first game of weekend series against Auburn 6-5 with some serious mismanagement by Jay Johnson. What was he thinking there and exactly what went wrong in that game? All of that and more on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So first and foremost, LSU dropping their Thursday night game against Auburn, the first of a three-game series against the Plain, Plains Tigers. Um LSU off to a pretty solid start, 2-0, um, you know, nothing crazy offensively, nothing, you know, wowy or flashy, nothing similar to what we saw on Saturday and Sunday against Florida, but, you know, LSU was up to nothing, and then Jay Johnson goes to the mound after a handful of hits from the Auburn Tigers, doesn't make a change at pitcher Blake Money in as the pitcher, on the star- as the starter, he was out on the mound, his pitch count was in the 80s. Things started to look like they were going downhill a bit. You know, Auburn bats were starting to move. Jay Johnson goes out to the mound, doesn't make a pitching change. Boom. Six runs given up in that inning. And after run, after run, after run, and home run given up, Blake Money just looked increasingly frustrated after every hit and run given up, rightfully so. So my question is, Jake Johnson, what are we doing here? Jake Johnson, why are we not making changes sooner? I mean, I understand pulling a pitcher maybe probably earlier than they need in the middle of a midweek game because it's more important to beat Auburn on the weekend than it is to beat ULM in the middle of the week. But what are we trying to preserve the bullpen? In a, in a weekend series, in an SEC weekend series, whenever you can clearly see that your starting pitcher is under duress, whenever you can clearly see that your starting pitcher has put up enough pitches, he's been out there long enough, pull him. And after he initially went out to the mound and, and didn't pull him, continued to leave him in. And so LSU left an inning that they should have left up to nothing, you know, again, nothing flashy on offense, but still a lead. 
When they were supposed to leave an inning up to nothing, they left that inning down six to two. So that's my first concern of the game last night was why not make a pitching change sooner? Why not recognize that your pitcher is done? He's out. He's got nothing left in the tank. And he is so visually frustrated out there on the mound. You're not going to make a change. Now, I do have to give the Tigers credit. Down 6-2, late in the game, and there was a, a, a late comeback. You see a home run from Braden Jobert. You see the bat start to move later on in the eighth and ninth innings. It just was not quite enough to beat Auburn. So LSU drops that first game in the three-game series to Auburn, 6-5. to five. But that's going to be something that I'm going to look at moving forward is the, the pitching personnel. Why not make a change there? And I do think that that was maybe a calculated decision because I think that was something that was, that was a, a question of mine throughout, especially the Louisiana Tech game, was why pull pitchers before I really feel like they're ready? Why leave Blake Money in? longer than he really should be. I do think that, that may be a calculated, I hope that that was a calculated decision by Jake Johnson, but that is incredibly puzzling to me. And I don't think that I'm alone there. I'm sure you thought that as well, watching that game. What are you doing? Pull the poor kid, pull him. Now we'll have Dylan Sanders, who covers the LSU football team for the LSU Reveille on in just a minute. But before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to Kim Mulkey. She was awarded AP Women's Basketball Coach of the Year, something that is incredibly well earned for Kim Mulkey. Something that is also a little bit puzzling because I was called a homer when I said that uh, Kim Mulkey was robbed of SEC Women's Basketball Coach of the Year, of course, given to Don Staley, which is, is absolutely earned. Don Staley is a wonderful women's basketball coach and has done wonderful things for that South Carolina program. But I do think that this honor from the AP, um, the Coach of the Year for, for Kim Mulkey is absolutely well earned. And I think that it is a feather in her cap that is absolutely earned. I do have to just feel incredibly encouraged about the direction of this LSU Women's Basketball Program. You look at a few years ago where this program was with Nikki Fargus. I mean, it was so discouraging. It was honestly embarrassing. Some of the products that were put out there on the court, it wasn't up to the standard of excellence that is set at LSU, not just for football, but for every sport. When you wear those three letters in the purple and gold, there's a certain expectation that the Nikki Fargus era was just not living up to. So I think this accolade for Kim Mulkey, I think she'd be the first person to tell you that awards mean nothing. And, you know, this is nothing but a, a testament to my players. I'm sure that's exactly what she would say and exactly what she's thinking, but it makes me incredibly encouraged and incredibly proud that Kim Mulkey is leading this program and I'm excited to see where she's able to take it. After, if this, if year one is any indication of what the future of this program, I'm incredibly excited to see where it goes from here. But coming up next, Dylan Sanders will join us. He'll give us a breakdown of exactly what he saw at spring practice, what he thinks about the Brian Kelly era, and also a quarterback competition. It was the first time we've seen all four quarterbacks out there on the field. What do they look like compared side by side? We get Dylan Sanders' expertise on that. Before we do that, so I just got back from vacation. I went to the beach with my family. And that was like the first time after the holidays, you know, that you're at the beach, you're in a bathing suit. 
And you want to feel confident about wearing those things, about, you know, getting into these summer months. And to do that, you got to eat right, but eating right isn't always fun. But it is with Built Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution that I made earlier in this year to eat right. And it's so easy. And I'm so grateful to Built Bar for making it so easy for me. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution. I doesn't feel like it's eating right because I really actually do enjoy eating Built Bars. Plus, you need to try the puffs if you haven't already. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. They've got great flavors. They've got cinnamon churro, they've got coconut marshmallow, they've got a banana cream pie, which is my personal favorite, and they're gonna be your favorite too. Plus, the best thing about Built Bar is that they're really good for you. They only have like 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So if you're on the run all day like I am and you don't necessarily have time for a full meal, build, throw a Bilt Bar in your bag, throw a Bilt Bar in your purse, and you'll stay hungry all day long with how good these are for you. But you know, sometimes when you're on the go, it can be really easy to just defer to unhealthy foods because that's what's quickest and most convenient. Look at a candy bar, for example. You can get those in any vending machine, but those have like 240 calories. They've got 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. They're not good for you and it's not the right fuel for your body. So ditch the candy bars and switch them out with Built Bars instead because Built Bars taste just as good. I mean, they've got flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and all new for this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time, so make sure to check out their website to see what new flavors are coming in this month. And if you think a flavor will be good, let them know because they'll make it. It's delicious and it's good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. Taste delicious first, don't compromise on the taste, and then they pack all the good stuff in there. I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us now is Dylan Sanders. And might I add, student reporter extraordinaire, a reporter <laughs> for the LSU Revely, sports reporter for the Revely, staff writer for Saints Wire. I mean, so on and so forth. Twitter legend, <laughs> might I add to that. Yeah. Uh, one of Manship School's finest, Dylan Sanders, joining us now. And Dylan, I wanted to bring you on because we have so many storylines to touch on from LSU spring practice. And I'm not able to go to spring practice as I don't live in Baton Rouge. So I didn't feel like it was right for me to talk about what I've read about spring practice or to talk about what I've heard from Brian Kelly's press conferences if I haven't been there. So I wanted to get your thoughts on spring practice. But first and foremost, from the articles that I've read, from what I've heard from Brian Kelly's press conference, the first thing that was felt first and foremost was a culture change. And, you know, we look back at Coach O's spring practices. They were long, two to three hours long. You know, they kind of droned on and on and on, kind of this old school football mentality. And from what I've heard about Brian Kelly's practices is they're very meticulous. They're very, uh, very quick, very upbeat. And kind of like this new school mentality of Brian Kelly that everything seems very calculated. From what you've seen at spring practice, have you kind of felt that culture change and in what way? Uh, on the field, yes. It is – everything is is down to the wire. Everything's, a, a, everything's scheduled out perfectly. Um, there's no like no running over, no running under. You're going to do it, and you're going to do it efficiently. 
Um, and what I've heard on the field is that, and, and what it'll be like a major thing throughout this episode is that not only Brian Kelly, all of the coaches have been incredible and like just visually, like, I mean, audibly, like what I can hear them telling the players, how they approach it, um, how they talk about it is, uh, is awesome. And how they, how they go through the j- drills, what they're relaying to the players immediately. Um, it's all efficient but it's all just like really good stuff, like really good. You can tell that they know what they're doing, and this is not going to be like LSU coaching staffs of old uh, in a lot of good ways. Yeah, because I think that we look back to at least the end of Coach O's tenure, and I would say sloppy, maybe unorganized yes. is the best way to put it, almost like, like after the national championship, it was like, after you get married, people always say, oh, you let yourself go. After LSU's mm-hmm. beautiful, wonderful wedding of the national championship, they let themselves go. So it kind of seems like it's everything's tightening up under the Brian Kelly era. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, there's not going to be any, uh, as, uh, sorry, trigger warning for all LSU fans, there's no, going to be no uh, not being able to get the play call in until the last four seconds like we saw over and over again. Like They know what they're doing, and they're communicating very, very well. And on the field, we haven't seen been able to see too too much too much crazy stuff in practice yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Saturday we get to sit in for the full practice, which is crazy, um, and I'm that very excited is for that. Very yeah, nice. we get a we get a full practice. Um, we can only talk about certain things or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know how they do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get a full practice on Saturday, full two hours or whatever, however long it is, which is unheard of, uh, but still uh, it's a still very, very nice excited. change of things. Yeah, um, and overall, for Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly came in and he's like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. We're going to be open. Uh, I'm going to tell y'all like it is. And you hear a coach say it, then you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Everyone says that. But sure. it's it's been true. Like his comments about Keishon Boutte in the first one in, in the spring training press conference shows like he is he actually is. He didn't have to tell us like that they're really not – their own like a last name basis is how he put it. Like he didn't have to share that with us, like how it's been a rough go of things and how he's getting back into things and how he's learning the new things. Like he didn't have to tell us about the process that he's going through with like specific players. He, he is. And it's a really cool insight into the program. It is. It's, it's nice to have transparency among the program because I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of fans may feel like, all of these changes are happening so quickly and it might be overwhelming to look at this LSU football team and almost it's almost unrecognizable from the past. Mm-hmm. But sometimes change is a good thing. And there's one position group where there could be a lot of changes and that's the quarterback position. We've got a quarterback competition going on. We saw the quarterbacks just a few days ago at spring practice. Who stood out to you amongst the quarterback group of Jaden Daniels, Miles Brennan, Garrett Nussmeyer and Walker Howard? Okay, so the first thing I said whenever I walked into practice for the first time I saw the quarterbacks, I said it in a little bit more colorful language, but I went, gosh dang, that boy's <laughs> big. And it's Miles Brennan. He is so much bigger than everybody else and all of the other quarterbacks. It was crazy. Because, Which is wild uh, because when he came yes. in to LSU, he was talking about how he would go to Canes every couple every couple <laughs> days just to bulk up a little bit. I mean, he was a string a, bean. A wonderful change of events. Yeah, he's 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 built out. He's bigger. He is. I mean, he's always been tall, but like he's he's filled out and looks like like not like Tom Brady, but like he looks like uh, how someone else put it was. He looks like Brian Hoyer or like just like he has like the body of like a 
you know, middle-aged man at quarterback, which is not bad for a, you know, a college kid. Cause I mean, he, he is older. Uh, he's, yeah. I'm not going to say he's a middle-aged guy, but, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as close as you can get in college, he kind of is. Um, but visually, uh, he looks good in, uh, Jaden Daniels. He has by far the quickest release to, release of anybody. And it's like kind of like mesmerizing to watch. He gets the ball out fast. Mm-hmm. and quick and it is consistent he has his mechanics down you can tell he looks like a guy who's thrown 500 more passes than anybody else on that roster um he has it down to a science and it, he looks really good doing it um i mean obviously walker and us look young they look babies. they look like yeah <laughs> they look like they're young they are younger and they look like it um walker they're still learning how to how to practice with the walker he was initially on a uh on a, on a, like a, a clap count or whatever. And then they realized he had, he had hand surgery. They can't do that. So they switch up. He's on a, a like a, a verbal count now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, they're still figuring out the young guys, but from what I can tell in practice, I think that this is going to be a two horse race uh, and not a full, like, you know, the other guys might, you know, they might surprise, but I think it's really between Jaden Daniels and Miles Brennan. And that's kind of how I've approached this quarterback position so far is while Garrett Nussmeyer and Walker Howard, like while they're great and all, and I've also heard mm-hmm. from coming out of practice that Garrett Nussmeyer of all four of them has the strongest arm and probably the most yeah. arm talent among the four of them. You're looking at the two veterans. You're looking at the two guys that do have the most experience. And that is in Miles Brennan and Jaden Daniels. But I go back to Mike Denbrock's opening press conference. Mm-hmm. I go back to Brian Kelly's opening press conference. And they said they wanted this to be a dynamic offense. They don't want it to just be through the air. They want it to be on the ground as well. But they don't want it to be just a run first offense. They want to be able to throw the deep ball as well. Out of the two quarterbacks that will hone in on a Miles Brennan and Jaden Daniels, who do you think fits that mold that Mike Dunbrock and Brian Kelly described best? Um, I have been a uh, a fan of Jane Daniels' game since he was a freshman at Arizona State. Uh, he brings so much to the football field. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like he is the most dynamic quarterback on the roster. Uh, if we're talking about fitting dynamically, I mean, I feel like it would be either him or Nussmeyer, actually. Miles Brennan, we kind of know what Miles Brennan is yeah. at this point. Uh, he's been on the team for 25 years. He um, it feels Forever. like. Forever. His whole life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we kind of know what he is. And it's not bad. He, you know, he put up the numbers. Uh, he backed it up whenever he did get a chance to play. Uh, but I feel like Jaden Daniels brings the most uh, to what he can do. And it kind of showed when Brian Kelly was asked about the the the, the quarterback competition, he kind of gushed about Jaden Daniels a little bit, uh, and it's someone that he didn't expect to have whenever he came in. Uh, whenever they had the initial initial um, like press conferences, whenever we talked about the the dynamic offense, and Jaden Daniels really brings in something that no one else on this quarterback has uh, in, in this quarterback room has at least with his legs, uh, because he is an impressive runner for sure. After months of playing, we're coming down the stretch of the college basketball season. College basketball has determined the top teams for the final four. We've got Kansas, Villanova, UNC, and Duke. And we'll determine this year's national championship this week. And I'm so incredibly excited. So BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. 
And it's not just basketball, but online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. So looking at bet online, they did some futures um, to see, you know, exactly how things would pan out throughout the final four, whatever teams win, what these matchups would look like. And so on bet online, I've noticed that in all of these scenarios, like if Villanova, North Carolina end up in the championship, what would the spread be? And also if Kansas and North Carolina ended up in the championship, what would that spread be? And I noticed in neither of those circumstances is North Carolina favorite against Villanova. It's plus one and a half against North Carolina. It is, excuse me, against Kansas, North Carolina is plus five. So it's not a betting favorite to put money on North Carolina, but I do think that this team is going to surprise you. It's not a team that I ever expected to make it this far. I didn't even put them in the sweet 16 in my bracket, but they have been playing lights out. And I think with this stage coming up against Duke, probably the biggest stage in college basketball, the first final four meeting between Duke and North Carolina, I do think that North Carolina will be able to rise to the occasion. So North Carolina has got some pretty good odds, got some pretty good value um, going into the final four. So keep an eye on North Carolina and do it with Bet Online, where the game starts. Dylan Sanders joins us, student reporter for the LSU Reveille, Saints Wire contributor, student reporter extraordinaire. He's been out on the practice field at LSU spring practices throughout the week. Uh, Tyron Matthew, back in Baton Rouge, was at practice, saw that he kept a very close eye on the safeties. Of course he did. And of course, Thaddeus Moss, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, both returned to Baton Rouge and were on the practice field as well. I had someone, I have a mailbag Wednesday every week, mm-hmm. and we had one person ask a question of why do you think Brian Kelly brought in Tyra Matthew? I had my own ideas about that, but in your opinion, you were there. Why do you think Brian Kelly brought in Tyra Matthew? And do you think that he got out of Tyra Matthew and bringing him back what he expected to or what he hoped to? Um, well, if you ask any defensive player and probably some offensive player why at least around this age range that are in college right now why they came to LSU the answer is going to be Tyron Matthew they people those players look up to him and everyone were, knows the, honey like, the high the highlights uh which uh he is like almost inarguably the most fun college football player to ever like of all time to watch just it was uh, it was crazy. I remember being a kid on the sidelines. I was at the Kentucky game whenever he had that one hot, one crazy play. Like yeah, it kind of made makes you fall in love watching football. Um, and a lot of those players look up look up to him. And while Brian Kelly and all of them, this is something new. Honey Badger is a staple that they know and can look to and be like, this is LSU football. Um, and he has just a crazy story about ups and downs. Uh, he's from New Orleans, you know. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of knowledge to pass on, and is eager to pass it on to other people. And I, I think that I think he got out what he wanted. Like he had the the great uh, video of him talking about his his story and his uh, and, and all of that. And he was watching practice very uh, diligently, and looks like a future LSU DB coach. I think everybody kind of wants it to happen at some point, including the Honey Badger himself. 
including Caroline Fenton. <laughs> yeah, that would be so much that fun. Whatsoever. And that's exactly was my thought about bringing in Tyra Matthew. Not only the expertise and experience and not only being able to kind of bring his experience from the league and his career back to these safeties and these players, but also, you know, Brian Kelly going back to the fact that he wants to immerse himself in the culture and immerse himself into the program and bringing back one of the brightest stars, a graduate of the program, does exactly that. So I think that, you know, in doing that and you saying being so transparent, what I've loved from Brian Kelly so far, and of course it is so early in his tenure, but so far since he was named LSU's head coach, I feel like everything that he's promised that he could fulfill those promises, he has so far. Can I mention what I think is going to be the biggest one of the biggest things in changing around this program. Please. You So you were a student uh, at LSU. Did you ever have any classes with, with football players? Yes, I did. I did take Math 1029. For, if, if you know, you know. Yes, that I, <laughs> I took that, and that was full of, full full of, of football full players. Of, full of football players. Uh, <laughs> shout out Football Math. Um, I took that class as well. I've had, throughout other classes, I've, I've shared with football players. You kind of know how most uh, – athletes are and it's like you know the stereotype of how athletes are with with college you know some some do take it seriously but some don't uh and brian kelly already is changing that that is not gonna there is there's not gonna be anybody slacking off there's not gonna be any you know that's that notre dame academic that he's used to he's bringing that down here they he mentioned uh they have like the daily checklist um they're gonna be on guys to make sure that they're getting it done on and off the field uh, there's no not going to be any slacking off. There's not going to be uh, any anybody not taking the whole thing seriously. Uh, and Miles Brennan talked about accountability in his uh, media time and how they're already getting people uh, accountable. Uh, holding, they're holding each other accountable because they know there will be punishments if you're late mm-hmm. to something, if you're not doing your your schoolwork. Uh, and Brian Kelly mentioned how there were people um, that are just not where they need to be. And I think we're seeing some people uh, transfer for many reasons. Uh, and I don't think that it'll pro- probably won't be the last ones because this is. And I a really new- don't blame them. Yeah. This is a new, this is a new LSU. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be a whole new culture around the program on and off the field. And I'm excited for it. It's going to be more buttoned up, which I think if you ask anybody around the school, the school could use that. <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, you're looking at the title nine violations and, you know, some eventual, punishment from the NCAA coming down the pipe. And also, I just look at so many sloppy mistakes from LSU football in the past. Poor clock management, questionable play calling. Um, It does seem like this is a new LSU on the horizon. But I think also, while that's encouraging to hear, that may also be a little bit intimidating to hear as well. (laughs) Because I don't think a lot of people know what to expect from this LSU team. What are your expectations for this team from the very, very beginning of the season, the very, very beginning of the Brian Kelly era? Do you feel confident in saying what you expect from this team come fall 2022? Um, I expect them to not be what people expect. Like, I expect the unexpected. It's kind of what I feel like we're going into this season because mm-hmm. I have asked my friends who don't follow the season, they're like, oh, I don't care. This season, this this team doesn't have any talent. This is, you know, it's a bunch of new players, a bunch of small school players, transfers, and young players. Um, these transfers are more NFL ready than we've got, than we've seen out of uh, what we, out of players. Uh, Makai Garner mm-hmm. is going to be a name you're going to hear a lot in the spring training 
practice, he looks like an NFL lockdown. He's built like a corner. Visually, he looks like an NFL player, and he is bringing uh, intensity to practice. And it, I love it. Uh, it's it's not going to be the the last. I, th- I think DBU is on it on its way back, uh, and this is a, a good a good group to start it with. And yeah, these defense this defense is going to be good. This offense is going to be, I think, better than what people expect because it's a lot of unknowns. So many unknowns, and once we figure out that question mark at quarterback, which I have a feeling we probably won't know the answer for a very long time uh-huh. now, we'll get a better grasp on exactly what this offense can look like, exactly what we can expect, exactly to see what, what Mike. What kind of magic Mike Denbrock can work with this new quarterback class? But Dylan, we appreciate you so much. I'd have to have you back on after that full two-hour practice on Saturday, but look f- looking forward to hearing your expertise from the practice on Saturday moving forward as well. Uh, yeah, thank you. And I will say, uh, if you are uh, if you're familiar at all with Brian Kelly, we're not going to ha- hear an answer on this quarterback until the last possible second. <laughs> it's going to yep. drag on. <laughs> Checks out. That's all right. Keep us on our toes, Brian. We appreciate that. But thank you for making Lockdown LSU your first listen every day. Coming up on Monday, we'll have a recap from spring practice from LSU's uh, weekend series against Auburn and all the biggest stories from LSU over the weekend. We'll we'll do a full weekend recap on Monday. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Big thank you for Dylan Sanders for joining us. We look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thank you for having me. It was a blast.